What is the origin of Pidyon Nefesh, of a pan? How is it meant to be written and how has it evolved over the years? I looked, I looked. I looked in Kabbalah's forum. I looked in Shulchan Aruch Arizal. I googled. <laughs> and I didn't really find much. I don't know who was the first person to write a Pidyon Nefesh. I do know that we have Pidyon Nefesh from the Baal Shem Tev himself, that he wrote to the Mizitcha Magid. I've talked about it in the past. It's printed in the in the Sefer HaToldis of the Baal Shem Tev, in the Sefer HaToldis of the Alter Rebbe. In the back, it's printed in the, it's probably printed in the Alter Rebbe, I think it's Kedish, in the section on the Gnizah. Um, and it's not Tomim. But the Baal Shem Tev said to the Mizitcha Magid, the whole world gives Pidyanis to me. But I'm afraid to give a pigeon, and I wish I could give a pigeon to somebody else. He said to the message Maggid, Dear again, I'm not afraid to give you a pigeon. And the Maggid gave the Al Bashem to give the Maggid the pigeon. The whole pigeon is four lines. The Maggid held it. And he gave it to the Alter Rebbe to show him how much he loved it. And the Alter Rebbe sent it to his Rebbe, the Mendel Haradokir, to show his Rebbe how much he loved him. But it never got to Israel. It stayed in Europe, and it's in the Gniza. So it's a letter from the Alter Rebbe, and the postscript to the letter is this pigeon. And you can see the pidyon, read what the Baal Shem Tev wrote, a Rebske pidyon, a pidyon of a Rebbe. This I can tell you almost for sure, that the original origin of pidyon nefesh was not a piece of paper with your name and your mother's name. The original origin of pidyon nefesh was money for tzedakah. And the Mukubalim had specific amounts, certain coinage that was considered optimum for pidyonis, whatever the numbers are. 150, I don't know. If, if, you, if you're disposed towards it, it's very Kabbalist, not Chesidus. But there was a certain correct amount of stock. And the Pidyan Nefesh means you're giving money as to redemption of your soul. Just like you have in Chumash. The people gave a Machsa Shekel, Kaifer Nefesh. Kaifer Nefesh means instead of my Nefesh. Pidyan Nefesh doesn't mean instead of my Nefesh, but to redeem my Nefesh, to raise my Nefesh up. So I'm, I'm almost certain that originally Pidyan Nefesh meant the Tzedakah. And in Chesidus Poilin, and probably by Sfardim who do these things also, to this day, pidyon nefesh doesn't mean the piece of paper. The pidyon nefesh means the money that they give to the duck. And in those cultures, in the, in the non-Chabad Hasidic cultures, they have what's called a kvittel. And the kvittel is more or less what you and I would call a pan. It's a piece of paper where I don't know what nusach they use, but you write your name and your mother's name. So they have a kvittel with a pidyon. And we have a pidyon and the pan, as the Rebbe calls it. They call the, what we call the pidyon nefesh, they call it a kvittel. What we call the money with the pidyon nefesh, they call the pidyon nefesh. That you're redeeming your soul through tzedakah. So at least as far back as the Alter Rebbe, Sidi Chabad were writing pidyon nefesh. And the reason I say this with certitude is because if the Baal Shem Tev gave them as a Chamagid a pidyon nefesh, and if the Chamagid gave to the Alter Rebbe, you could rest assured that the Alter Rebbe followed suit. So whatever label you give to it, you want to call it a pan, you want to call it a kvittel. But the piece of paper which today us Chabad Chassidim call a pidyon nefesh, goes back at least as far as the Baal Shem Tev. And I'm sure it goes back further. How far back, I don't know. It probably doesn't go back further than the age of the Mukubalim, which is about 500 years ago, the Yavestach, the Bishleim Alkabitz, the Ramak, the Arizal, and so on. A pidgin nefesh really is Shmei V'Shei Mimi. The only thing that really matters is a pidgin nefesh is the name of your mother's name. And Sadiqim, Sadiqim Agdolim, the holiest of holies, you give them your name and your mother's name, it's, it's the key to your neshama. That's all they need. Shmoy Mimi, right? Like they say by Pelm Dav Damana, if they're mentioned by a tzaddik, Shmoy Mimi, that's it. And you give a tzaddik Shmoy Mimi, he's able to bring a pidgin nefesh, able to raise your neshama up and redeem it from whatever conditions it's in. 
and Yidin would seichel, even if they were misnagdim when they would meet real tzaddikim. Fagin demonish maybe sheimimich again that shebin erov was a gaon olam, one of the greatest gedolim of the post Holocaust years. When he wrote to the Rebbe, he used to write, I think, B'dayv Beresh Ben Rochel. When he wrote to the Rebbe, he would sign his name and his mother's name. He wasn't a Lubavitcher. He was a Chosar. He wasn't a Lubavitcher. But he had Seichel. You write to a Rebbe, to a Godel Bishol Amiti, to a real Tzaddik. You write your name and your mother's name. This is, I don't want to say, Kaifer Nafsheh. It's Pidya Nafsheh. So all a Rebbe really needs is your name and your mother's name, but it's got to be correct. You're off by your name. It doesn't work. We all know the stories where people would say, the Rebbe would say, I don't recognize this person because there was a name missing and so on. The way I understand a pan, a pidyon nefesh, is that it's a spiritual thing. Meaning, when you give a Rebbe a pan, you don't know what's going on with your own soul. So you don't know what kind of redemption your soul needs. So you're taking it to the Rebbe, here's my neshama, and my neshama is represented by the only thing I know about my neshama. My name and my, my, my Hebrew, my full Hebrew name and mother's full Hebrew name, Yosef Yitzhak Ben Rachel, in my case, and in your case, whatever it is, Menachem Mendel Ben Feger. And you give your name to the tzaddik, and the tzaddik has, he knows how to read a pidgin, and how to take a pidgin, and how to read a pidgin, and he raises your neshama up. That's how I understand the concept of the pidgin nefesh. In terms of writing a pidgin, there used to be a tradition by Hasidim. Then when they wrote a Pidyan Nefesh, they would include and some people would actually write Simen Reishayin Hei or Ere. I, I, <laughs> I downloaded on Hebrew books the whole Shalshuvis Mariv and I looked up the Pidyan, it's a few lines. What's the Shaila? What's the reason? What does it say in Shalshuvis Mariv? The Shalav Mamutza, Mighty Davant Hashem. And when a person puts anything to him and the Ebesh, that's the opposite of Achtas, it borders on Shneas. So there's a Hete from the Mariv to go, to, he speaks not even about Tzadikim, he speaks about Machnis Erach, about But it's the same principle that it's not a Hepecha Achtas. Now in that Shuva, the reason that Hepecha Achtas is because you're not, not davening to the Malach, you're asking the Malach to intercede on your behalf, which is similar that Tzamech Tzedek brings in Derech Mitzvah Sheesh Mitzvah Tfilah where he says you shouldn't say Machnis Erachmem you shouldn't say the Tfilahs that you're speaking to the Malachim to be Machnis Tfilahs Lopel even though the Tzamech Tzedek says not to say them we do say them and we rely on this Hete from the Mariv that you're not davening to the Malach you're asking the Malach to bring your Tfilah to the Ebishter so the Chesidim when they wrote a pinion and they gave it to the Rebbe they wrote that the Rebbe is not Chas Fisholem you're not davening to the Rebbe, you're asking the Rebbe to bring your shliach uh, to bring it to Atmos and Musen Zabarach to the Ebeshter. And the Rebbe on Bey's ear, Tavshin Yud, said to take it out. The uh, pidyon nefesh is not a place to write the heter for why and how you say a pidyon. It, 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 it says in Tshuvah that it's allowed. You're allowed to go to a tzaddik. It's not a hippachachtus. But the Tshuvah, but the pidyon nefesh is not a place to write the heter. It says take it out. To be sure, in the Sikh of Beis, it's in the Sikh of Achen Shal Pesach, which is a week before this Beis Yisich. The Rebbe says something very deep that going to a Rebbe is not Hebech Achtos, because he's a Mutzah Machaber, which is a very different thing than when it says in Charles Tshuvas Mahariv. It's a much deeper thing. It's a much more sensitive thing. But this is one of the things that people concern themselves when they wrote Pidyanis, and for a very long time you would actually write in the Pidyan, that going to a Rebbe is not Chasashom, the opposite of Achtos, because the Rebbe is simply Yushliach, right? Or on a much, much deeper level, what the Rebbe said in the Sikh of Achen Shal Pesach, Dinav, Mamud Sahamachabe.
And the Rebbe took it out. We don't write it. And the other thing is that they used to write in Pajenas, even the Pajenas that we have that our Rebbe wrote, which I don't know how, but they're they're published. The Kisviyat Kedish or the Rebbe's own Pajenas that he gave to the Fiyadik Rebbe, it says those words. I think here the Rebbe just means Mimkeir Rachmim. And the Rebbe took that out also. Don't tell the Rebbe where he should go to be Mamshek for you, a Sederus for Koltuf. So the Rebbe took those things out. So our Nusach of opinion, as we write it now in the Deir Ashvi, is very simple. You write on top Peinun, which means Pidyan Nefesh. All you write is Onol Eirach Merab Malai Yesirach I just want to mention that I was always raised that you should write Onol Eirach Merab Mavuri and Ba'avur. And in the Pidyanus that they found in the Rebbe's Ksav Kodesh, which are printed in the back of the Sefer Eitzah Menhagim from Munshain, for Chaydish El and Tishrei, there's original manuscripts of the Rebbe's own, our Rebbe's own Pidyanus that he wrote to the Fiyadik Rebbe. I don't know if it was before or after Yud And he writes, Alai Va'al, as opposed to Avuri Va'avur. So I'm just pointing that out, that according to the Rebbe, the Nusach should be Onol Rachm Rab Malai, and Va'al, whoever else you want to include in the Pidyan. That's really all you have to have in a Pidyan. Everything else you put in the Pidyan is extra. Although, when you see the Rebbe's Pidyanus, the Rebbe used to write certain Bakoshes, and clearly the Bakoshes that the Rebbe wrote in the Pidyan are Bakoshes Nafshes, they're spiritual Bakoshes. So you can't tell a person, don't put anything in the Pidyan. If you have a Bakosha, which to you feels like a Bakosha, a spiritual Bakosha, you can put it in the Pidyan Nefesh. But a Pidyan Nefesh is not a laundry list, and a Pidyan Nefesh is not a letter. A Pidyan Nefesh is a spiritual note where you're writing to the Rebbe and giving him your Neshama by sh- writing down your name and your mother's name. That you yourself don't even know what your own Nisham is up to. But the Tzaddik, the Rebbe, the Nesi Adol is sensitive to it, from the Shaman, and he's going to be paid in my Nefesh, as he understands I need to have a Pidyan Nefesh. And that's how I had a Pidyan Nefesh to the Rebbe. When did this start? Like I said to you before, for sure it starts with the Baal Shem Tev, it probably starts earlier. But even at a time that people did not write Pidyan Nefesh, and certainly not, did not write the Nusach of Pidyan Nefesh, which we write, the idea of Shmei V'Shemim, as far back as there's been Mekubalim, there's been this idea that you mentioned to what's other Shmei V'Shemim, I'm sure that that's true. But it could be that the Pidyan Nefesh then they called it Stoker, and the giving of the name was called by a different name. And in Chabad today, the piece of paper with your name and your mother's name is called the Pan, and the money that you give along with it for Stoker is called the money that comes with the Pan, the May Pan, the money for the Pan. But the Pidyan Nefesh is Shmei V'Shemim, and the most important thing in the Pan is your name and your mother's name. What I tell my students when they ask me about this is that there's two things. There's a letter and a pigeon. A letter you write as you understand your life and you address it to the Rebbe, to the Rebbe, however you, however you wish to address it, and you'll sign your name at the end of it and maybe you'll put Ben Rechel, but you put your last name. In a, in a letter you put your family name. In the pigeon you don't put your family name because there's no such thing as a family name. And in a letter, you tell the Rebbe what's going on in your life as you see it, asking the Rebbe for Eitzah and for Brocha and for Atzlocha, based on you understand it. And a Duch is also a letter. A Duch is a detailed reckoning of your life, which is just another kind of letter. But a Pan is a separate note. It's two different things. And when you go to the oil, you could just go and do nothing. Say, I could bit till him or just stand and be next to the Rebbe. You could go and you could say till him. You could go and you could write a pigeon. You could go and you could write a letter. But on pigeon Nefesh, is giving the Rebbe your neshama and asking him to be paid to you. 
And the Ikea, the most important thing in the Binyan Nefesh is your name and your mother's name. Everything else is extra. And, um, and a letter you write to the Rebbe based on how you understand your condition of life is. There's a story that I heard in the name of Rabbi Label Groner, and I actually saw it written, printed in Rabbi Label Groner's name. But I once was someplace with Rabbi Label Groner, and he told me a different version, and I'm a bit confused. But I'm going to tell you the story as I saw it now in print, as I remember it, notwithstanding that Rabbi Groner told me that I didn't have it correctly. That when the Rebbe became Rebbe, and it became the question of giving the Rebbe Pajenis, the Rebbe said, as in Friedrich and Dors, then again, drive us, so we can't learn in a pigeon. In the previous generation, there were three who could read a pigeon. The Rebbe de Schwer, the Belzer Rebbe, and the Gerer Rebbe. And I'm assuming this means about Mordechai Gerer, who had passed away in 1948, in Tav but I'm not sure. I will try. Because when you're reading a pigeon nefesh, all you have is a name. And it's a soul connection. You know, people, people are smart. People are very smart. People are smart and deep and intuitive, but spiritual, soulistic, <laughs> involved with neshama, that's a gor gor It's a very unusual thing and the biggest tzaddikim. You gave them your name, you gave them the, your neshama and they were able to do big tavis for your neshama just by having shmei v'shemimei. So the Rebbe said, I'm going to try. Parenthetically, it's known by Yichsidim that you need the Rebbe most when you're most vulnerable, which is why when, God forbid, you lose a relative, someone passes away, the first thing you do, even before the Levi, is you let the Rebbe know. The Rebbe has to, you send someone to the oil, the Rebbe has to know, because after a person leaves this world, the first few days and hours and weeks are very critical, and the Rebbe is the only one who can help the Nisham on its journey. There's a tradition by Chesidim, and we practice this, although it's not so overt, that by every Levi, you say to the Bar Minan, to the person who's deceased, ask that they should take you to the Rebbe. Now, the way, if you go to a Chabad funeral, you don't see this. But someone goes down into the grave, goes, climbs down into the grave to do whatever has to be done under the ground. And they will lean over and whisper to the deceased, ask yourself to the Rebbe. It's a tradition of Chesidim. When a person passes away, that you tell them, I heard a story that when when Shol Dave Zislin passed away, they called him Shol Bed. He was a he was a Tomim, and he lived in Tel Aviv at the end of his life. And he was respected by the Gedeli Atmimim, even the greatest Hasidim in Eretz Yisrael, like Reb Sheil Brook and Reb Yanka Landau and Ameshki Gerari and Lazer Karasik. He was on a different level. He was on a different level. A neighbor of mine who lived in Tel Aviv told me. When Reb Shalber came into Nachas Binyamin, everybody would stand up. There was a gvaldik for him. So when he passed away, someone had to tell him Shalber betzach tzemreb, and nobody wanted to do it. And Reb Shail Brook, who was the other gadol, said to Reb Yankov Landau, Reb Yankov, tell him. So Reb Yankov Landau said to Reb Shalber, Reb Shalber is much older than Reb Yankov Landau. And when you say to the somebody, you don't say Reb, you just say his name, Shelber. So Yanka Lando had to say that to him. So this happened by every Levaya. You may not realize it, but it happened by every Levaya. You say to the Chassid, it's a form of Pidyan Nefesh. Because the Pidyan Nefesh is from the Shoma. And this is the Rebbe's department. This is the Rebbe's department. I will tell you a story 
about a very, very special man in Lubavitch. I'm not going to say his name because I don't have his permission to tell the story, but I heard it from someone who heard it from him. That he came from a very, very choshev a mishpacha, not a Lubavitch mishpacha. And he became a Lubavitch chosid. And somebody asked him what brought him to Lubavitch, and there were different episodes and different influences, but one of the things that he said is, and he was a young bachar, he moved from where he lived in Europe to learn in the yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael. And he was in Yerushalayim, and he loved to go to the Kloizen, to the different shtiblach, to the, this is the 50s and the 60s, there was a lot of very Hasidish yid. And one of the places he liked to hang out was in the Belzer Shtibel. And the Helika Belzer Rebbe, who was a godly man, passed away in 1957 in Tavshin Yud Zion. And this was after then. And he went into a Belzer Shtibel, and the Belzer Chassidim were discussing they used the word kvittel, not the word pigeon. Reading a kvittel. And they said that Helika Belzerov used to read a kvittel, and now the Belzerebbe had passed. So this young man asked the Belzerchsidim, Whom can I go give a kvittel to now? And this was the early 60s, Mistama. And they told him, They told him, You want to give a kvittel today? You've got America. And they meant the Rebbe. And later on, he came here. Um, so this is an opinion. It's an inyapnimi. It's an inyanishmasi. It's a spiritual thing. And now I'm going to say something entirely adasatsmi, altogether on my own. The tradition is that you tear it up. A tradition. You read it and you tear it up and you leave it. Nobody knows why, and I don't know why. But I've thought about it many times. That it says in Chazal that when Meishar Rabbeinu broke the luchis, so the the luchis fell, you know, the way it says in the Midrashim, not that Meshach threw them on the ground, even though that's what it says in the Chumash. It's, I took them and I threw them on the ground, but they became so heavy that he dropped them. And he says, that when the luchis were breaking, the letters went away. Meaning to say, the, the stone broke, but not the letters. Even though the letters were carved into the stone, there was no separation between the two, but somehow spiritually, the shivri luchis fell down and the Asias flew away. So I have this notion that since you write a pigeon by a oil, where the physical connection between a person and a person is not as it is uh, before Gimel Tamas, let's say. So the piece of paper is a Malam master. So you write it on a piece of paper, you read it off the piece of paper, and you're tearing it up as you're separating the words on the paper from the paper itself because this is Ruchnius and Ruchnius, and this is how you deliver the pigeon. This is a thought that I have. I have absolutely no thought for it. This is uh, just what I think. Anyway, these are some of my thoughts on what's the origin of pigeon, how is it meant to be written, and how has it changed over the years. And as I said you in the very beginning, the answer to all of these three questions is I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, but I've given you some sources and if any, some, some thoughts. And again, the Sikh of Beis Iyad Toshin Yud, the Rebbe spoke, Menhagim of Pidyan Nefesh, which is so interesting how. The Rebbe wasn't even officially Rebbe, and all Chabad Hasidim accepted these Menhagim without question. Years later, the Rebbe would, would introduce Menhagim, and we'd have a hard time accepting them. This was two months after the Rebbe's Estalkus, the Friedrich Rebbe's Estalkus, and this meaning was accepted by all Yidin, all Chasidim. Believe Yitzim in